0: We're reading from Shima Bhagavatam, Ganto 9, Chapter 4, verses 4 to 16. we will read verse 16 on the board. the sounds good, and then we'll go back to verse 4. Sarvam <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> This kaца vaa vaa ofisati TAM STATAM SAMSHAYA SUKTE VE VAISHVADEI TANAM SUTRA KARI SE SITAMATHMANA DAS YANTETYETAM ARCHA TATASAKRITA VANDHATA TASMAIDATAYA YUSVARGAM TE SATA PARI SANAM father continued, Go to those great souls and describe two Vedic hymns pertaining to Vaishvadei when the great sages have completed the sacrifice and are going to the heavenly planets. They will give you the remnants of the money they have received from the sacrifice. Therefore, go there immediately. Thus, Nabhaga acted exactly according to the advice of his father, and the great sages of the Angira dynasty gave him all their wealth, and then went to the heavenly planets. <speaking> Vabchato trokeya mamedam vastikamsu.
1: Thereafter,
0: Aravaka was accepting the riches. A black-looking person from the north came to him and said, All the wealth from the sacrificial arena belongs to me. Verse 7. Mamedam vishibirta tamikita Ismama vastyanam te pitari prashna Navaga then said, These riches belong to me. The great saintly persons have delivered them to me. When Navaga said this, the black-looking person replied, Let us go to your father and ask him to settle our disagreement. In accordance with this, Navaga inquired from his father. The father of Navagas said, whatever the great sages sacrifice in the arena of the Daksha Yoga they offered to Lord Shiva, as he shared, therefore, everything in the sacrificial arena certainly belongs to Lord Shiva. Navagastham pranamyaha tadei shakiravastatam vityahavikta brahman chira-sattvam chasahe Therefore, Thereupon, after offering obeisances to Lord Shiva, Navada said, O worship o Lord, everything in this arena of sacrifice is yours. This is the assertion of my father. Now, with great respect, I bow my head before you, begging your mercy. tom the came ramasana, Lord Shiva said, Whatever your father has said is the truth and you were also speaking the same truth. Therefore, I, who know the Vedic mantras, shall explain transcendental knowledge to you." Verse 11 Lord Shiva said, Now you may take all the wealth remaining from the sacrifice or I give it to you, After saying this, one Shiva, who is most adherent to the religious principles, disappeared from that place. If one hears and chants or remembers this narration in the morning and evening with great attention, he certainly becomes learned, experienced in understanding the Vedic Hymns, and expert Self-realization. From Nalbhaga, Maharaj Amarish took birth. Maharaj Amarish was an exalted devotee, celebrated for his great merits. Although he was cursed by an infallible Brahmana, the curse could not touch him. Raja Vacha, Bhagavan Shaktimichha, Megha Chastasya Timata, the Prabodhya Tnir Mukta, Brahma Danda Yaya. King Krishan inquired, "Oh, great personality! Maharajamurish was certainly most exalted and meritorious in character. I wish to hear about him. How surprising it is! The curse of a Brahmana, which is insurmountable, to not act upon him." Shukur Vacha, Amrisha Mahabaga, Sukta Deep, Babati Mani, Papyam, Chashiyam, Lagaba, Vibhavam, Chakanam, Pudi, May Nikita, the Bampoon Sansarvam, Sukta Sansutan, Kama Kishatiyat Kuman. Shukikosani said, Majamrish, the most fortunate personality, achieved the rule of the entire world consisting of seven islands and achieved inexhaustible, unlimited opulence and prosperity on earth. Although such a position is rarely obtained, Maharaj Mgrish did not care for it at all, for he knew very well that all such opulence is material. Like that which is imagined in a dream, such opulence will ultimately be destroyed. The king knew that any non devotee who attained such opulence merges increasingly into material nature's mode of darkness. Purport. For a devotee, material opulence is insignificant. Whereas for a non-devotee, material opulence is the cause of increasing bondage. For a devotee knows that anything material is temporary. Whereas a non-devotee regards the temporary so-called happiness as everything, and forgets the path. Self realization. Thus, for the non devotee, material opulence is a disqualification for spiritual advancement. <speaking in foreign language> Queen Kunti prays. My Lord, Your Lordship can be easily approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted. Because one who is on the path of material progress, trying to improve himself with respectable parentage, opulence, high education, bodily beauty, cannot address you with sincere feeling. So, yes, how how to chant Hare Krishna, if you have a lot of money, you might be worried and thinking all about your money. If you're very beautiful, you may be thinking how you can control people with your beauty. If you have a lot of of knowledge, you can think, well, yeah, my knowledge will protect me. So you cannot chant, it's hard to chant feelingly, if you have material opulences. But if you're a devotee, it's different. We have our example, our Amrish our Ambarish uh, Das devoted disciple of Shina Prabhupada. He he's like this Ambarish. He has a lot of opulence. He's he's the great grandson great grandson of Henry Ford. So he has unlimited he has a, not not as much as this Ambarish, but he, according to the people of this planet, he has a lot of opulence. Millions of dollars, maybe even billions, I don't know. But uh, it's going down. Yeah, he has he has billions of dollars. So, but what is he doing? Of course he's he's using that for the service of Krishna. But not only that, he's so humble, he's going begging for more money to build a temple in for. He's going temple to temple, city to city, begging. And he's a millionaire and he's begging. So isn't that amazing for a devotee? It's not enough to give his money, he also wants everybody to share in the building of the temple in my Gorda. So the difference between opulence for a non-devotee. non is temporary, it will be lost at death. But the opulence of the devotee is never lost. Krishna protects, he says, I protect what you have and I carry what you have. So the devotee uses opulence without attachment. But for the non devotee, money is the money. And we see there are some examples. But unless the money is used in a spiritual way for Krishna, the same money becomes a cause of distress. I can give you three examples. Uh, In in America, they have the lottery. I think you have the lottery here also. And one person, a 16-year-old, won $3 million. So what did she do with the money? $700,000 for designer clothes. And more on drugs, partying, drinking, expensive cars, and within six years her money was finished. And she said, I honestly wish I'd never won the lottery money. And knowing what I know now, I should have just given it all back. So it was a cause of distress. A cause of distress if, if you don't give it to Krishna. Another man, he won $360 million in the lottery. And he found many new friends but he was lonelier than he ever was before. And he spoiled his granddaughter and he got complaints about her arrogant nature. And she took an overdose of drugs and died because of this money. One more example. Another man, he won the lottery and as soon as he heard the news, he had a heart attack and died. So (laughs) this is the nature of money in this interior world, if you, if you don't use it for a spiritual cause, and, and that is what chanaka Pandit says, that you know we have we have our opulence in this life, so we should spend it for a spiritual cause. Otherwise, it will be taken away from us at the time of death, if not before. And so, why people are taking Sita from Ram, people are taking Radha from Krishna, people are taking Lakshmi from Narayan. There's a verse in Bhagavatam in the 6th canto, about Lakshmi. It describes her. She's a a reservoir of spiritual qualities and Narayan manifests and he's the enjoyer of these qualities. In fact, he's the super soul. He's the Lord in our heart. And Lakshmi is the form of our body, senses, and minds. So the bodies, the senses, the minds we have they're an expansion of Lakshmi. So if we use it for ourselves, then we're in trouble and we will get a reaction. So that's why we use our body, we use our senses, we use our mind in the service of Krishna. Uh, so, Bhagavatam, later on in Guru Bhagita, explains that if you take this useless body and use it, for Krishna, then you're the cleverest of all people. The devotees are the most clever because they take something material and use it to get something spiritual. So this body is material but we can spiritualize it if we use it for Krishna's service. And if we trade in our material body, we get Krishna. So it's a good deal. And we get Krishna in return. Krishna gives himself to one who is of. As you heard from Quinti. Now, if we go back to the first canto, it says, Tapa Shao Cham Daya Satyam Ihi Palakite Pita, Bataram Shaistra Yoga Smyak Sangam Adaistava. In the age of Satyam, your four legs, it's the four legs of religion, were established by the four principles of austerity, cleanliness, mercy, and truthfulness. But it appears that three of your legs are broken due to rampant irreligion in the form of pride, lust for women, and intoxication. So here's the description of modern civilization. Prabhupada says, modern civilization and economic development are creating a new situation of poverty and scarcity with the result of blackmailing the consumer's commodities. So we, we see this in America. Although it's supposed to be the richest country, 50 million people are on food stamps. They don't have money for food. And I know my son gets, in, gets food stamps but they only last for 10 days and then for, ten, for, for the rest of the month he has to eat very ketri and whatever. So it's it's very difficult to live in the, in the United States, the, the country, the rich so Prabhupada said if the leaders and rich men of society spend 50% of their accumulated wealth mercifully for the misled mass of people and educate them in God consciousness, the knowledge of Bhagavatam, certainly the agent Kali will be defeated in his attempt to entrap the conditioned souls. So Prophet says by pride, either artificial or real, the resultant action of austerity is spoiled. By too much affection for female association, plenty is spoiled. By too much addiction to intoxication, mercy is spoiled. And by too much lying, propaganda, truthfulness is spoiled. Revival of Bhagavad Dharma can save human civilization from falling prey to evils of all description. So we know that Kali he came 5,000 years ago, as soon as the day, the moment, the hour that Krishna left this planet, Kali came and he entered. And uh, Rishid was ready to kill him, but Kali surrendered and so Rishid saved him. And he said, Okay, now go, go out of my kingdom. But Kali begged him, No, give me some place. He said, Okay, you can stay wherever there is illicit sex, intoxication, gambling, or eating, in the slaughterhouses, you can stay in those four places. But Kali said, well, you know, in your kingdom, there, there are no such places, so give me another place to stay. So he said, yes. Wherever there is hoarding of wealth, you can stay in that place. And that's why these people who won the lottery, they couldn't enjoy the money, they couldn't have it because Kali was there. Kali, the king of your religion. So wealth is accumulated. How you will stay there. So for Bihasas, for our married people, 50% of the accumulated wealth should be given in charity. Of course, if you follow our Bihasa vision team, they they say okay, five, five to 15%. They, they're a little bit more merciful. Um, so for the Bihasas, charity is very important. Although in this first canto is described that Daya is for Grijasasas. Mercy is for Grijasasas. But if we go to the third canto, the the four pillars of religion are described as Vidya, Taman, tapa, Satyam. So education, charity, penance and truth, the four legs of religion. And to learn this, there are four orders of life. So it's very interesting that Prabhupada says in the purport, at the beginning of creation, when Brahma created the four orders of life, the brahmachari student, Prihasta married life, Vanaprastha, retired, and sannyasi, uh, the renounced order of life, then the, these four orders are meant to uphold the four days of religion. For the brahmacharis, There is education or cleanliness. For the Grihasthas, for the married people, there is doya mercy, or dhamma, charity. For the Ganaprasthas, the retired people, there is austerity for spiritual life. And for the sannyasis, there is truthfulness, preaching, preaching all over the world. So if we don't use our wealth for Krishna's Benefit for the spiritual path, and then he will simply get distressed. And so, at the time of death, the most wonderful thing is that everybody thinks he sees everybody is dying around him, but he thinks, "I it will not have to be." I know when you're young also, you don't think you're going to be old, you think, yeah, see these all old people are here. And in fact, our hippie slogan was, don't trust anyone over 30. But somehow we trusted Prabhupada. I don't know how that Prabhupada gained our trust, because he was the real thing. He, he practiced what he preached. If he told us to get up early, he got up earlier. We had to get up at 3.30. He got up at 1.30 to write his books, to write his books. When he was going, when we were going morning walk with Prabhupada, he would go faster than us. He was in his 70s, we were in our 20s. And we would look at each other and think, we're getting tired, how does he do it? So, yes, you get spiritual strength. And this is a spiritual wealth. But unfortunately, people do not appreciate spiritual wealth. They're after material wealth. So, Bhakti Manur Thakur, he (laughs) says, You have achieved such a rare human body, but you do not care for this gift. You remain not serving the darling of the and slowly fall through your last moments to death. ever rising, every rising and setting of the sun, the day passes, and is lost. So why do you remain idle and not serve the Lord in your heart? So it's described that the sun is taking away the lifespan of every single person in this world except those who are listening to the glories of Krishna, those who are chanting Hare Krishna. In fact, the sages have invited Yamaraj, the King of Death, to Bhagavatam class. He likes to hear from Tom. So he's invited to this Bhagavatam class. Uh, so as long as you're staying in class, you won't die. You will not be will not take you. So that's why it's good to come to class. Good to come to Bhagavatam class. And it all started 5,000 years ago with the teachings of Nagasharana. So at death, everything is taken away. All you have left is the good things you did, and the what service serve will stay with you. And stay with you. You take your karma with you, and you take your. We don't remember as devotees. We don't do karma. Krishna says, I take away. I take away all your thought. I take away all your sinful activities, so you don't have to worry." So that's why we like to worship Krishna. He's guaranteeing us to go back to home and to God and if we did this life for Him. So what can we do? Well, there is a verse. You might think, well, this is too difficult to give the life for Krishna. This is too much. So there's a verse in Bhagavatam, 10, 22, 35. Eta so there are four things you can give first your life. Now you may say, well, this is, no, I can't do that. That's too much. How can I, you know, I have so many things to do with this life. Why, how can I give it to Krishna? Even though Krishna is asking, about, you know, surrender to me. Uh, but no, you may say, no, okay, that's all right. There's one more thing you can give, prana. If you can't give prana, give harta. Give some money. Give a donation. That will help you help you progress in spiritual life. But you may say, well, you know, I'm very poor. I cannot manage to give donation. There's another thing you can give. Pranar, akharata You can give your intelligence. You can help plan festivals. You can help plan how to distribute books. You can help plan how to serve devotees. How to clean the temple. How to do the deity worship. You, may, you can meditate on the deities and think, oh, tomorrow I'll dress them like this. I used to be a pajari, man. We would think like that, but think, oh yeah, I'm gonna put the flowers there tomorrow. You would start thinking how planning, using your intelligence. I didn't have any money that time, so intelligence was was useful. And if uh, and if you don't have, you say, well I'm not very intelligent, there's my boy thing. Watch up, you can give your words, you can chant, you can preach, you can distribute your books, you can read. The prana, artha, yavacha. This is the duty of every living being to perform welfare activities for the benefit of others. So our, our life is meant for sacrifice. And if you see a sage, if you see a saint person, his life is a symbol of sacrifice. So this will help you and it will help others. And instead of doing the four sinful activities, instead of eating meat, we can eat very nice prasadam offered to Krishna and instead of having less sex, we can have less of children for Krishna. Instead of taking intoxication, being intoxicated with drugs and uh, alcohol, we can be intoxicated by chanting Hare Krishna. In fact, when we were hippies in the old days, 50 years ago or more, um, then uh, there was a slogan that devotees had, stay high forever. So with drugs you go up and you come down. But with chanting, you don't come down. You can stay high forever. And that we experienced. And that's why we could give up meat eating and all these other things. We can give them up so easily because we were able to be intoxicated by chanting Hare Krishna. That was our intoxication. And gambling, what about gambling? So, Prabhupada has told us, you gamble this one life for Krishna. You have a life, you can do whatever you want with it. It's your life, gamble it for Krishna. Have faith that yes, I will, if I gamble this life for Krishna, I will get eternal life, full of happiness, full of knowledge. I will go and live eternally in the spiritual world. There will be no more death. No more birth, no more old age, no more disease. I will be eternally 16 years or younger. I will be one of Krishna's friends in the spiritual world. That is our faith and that's why we gamble our life for Krishna. That we are, we have faith that we will, by sacrificing in this life, sacrificing, we will go to the spiritual world and join with Krishna, and join the spiritual family. We have our families here, but we have our family there also, and they're waiting for us. Our families here, they, they finish after this life, but our family in the spiritual world, it's eternally there, eternally there. We have our mother, father, friends, brothers, sisters, husband, wife, whatever. Everything is there. So this is our wealth, real spiritual wealth. What is spiritual wealth? Well, actually, Bhagavatam says, For the brahmanas, forgiveness is the wealth. If you're a brahmana, if you're a sage, then forgiveness is your wealth. And if you're a kshatriya, kshatriyas are beautiful when they're heroic and they don't retreat from battle. So kshatriyas are the the soldiers, the generals, when they are heroic. The vaishas, when they give their money for Spiritual, cultural events. When they support the other three ashrams, the students, the house the retired people, and the sannyasis are all supported by the Vaishnavas and the Grihasthas. And then the shudras, what is beautiful about the shudras is when they are faithful in their duties to please their masters. So everybody has something they can do for Krishna. Another spiritual wealth. We have so much spiritual wealth here. You we can go on forever. But one thing we don't normally think of as a wealth is offering obeisances. It's actually a very spiritual, very powerful spiritual wealth. When we offer obeisances, our mind goes down and our heart goes up. Usually in the material world, uh, the mind is up and the heart is down. So in bhakti, the heart is up, the mind is down. Especially when we chant in the morning when we chant the rams. So obeisances means devotional feelings rule over the mind. Another spiritual wealth is Kremal of Godhead. And Sachinanda Swami, in one seminar, said if we want Prema, then we have to start with gratitude. We must be grateful. Gratitude is the first stepping stone to the goal of prema Prepares the heart for love, a soft heart, attracts the soft clean bhakti So we have lots of wealth here, we have obeisances, we have Charinamrita, we have Tosi, we have these beautiful deities, we have the Holy Name, we have Bhagavatam. This is our spiritual wealth. And if we chant the holy name in this in this humble mood calling out for Mother Radharani, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ramam, Hare Rama, Ram Hare like a child crying for mother. She will take us to her creation. So we've got a mother, Rav Rani, and she would help us when we try to chant sincerely. So then I'll end with Bhakti Meno's last verse. Krishnanam, Sudhavariyavan, Juryavakati Vinodavram, Namavidami Churnamivopar, Drink the pure nectar of the Holy Name. There's nothing else to be had in all the 14 worlds. It's fulfilled. So. Hakimeno. Takkari. is also telling us, Drink Bhagavatam and you'll get eternal life. This is people are looking for the nectar of immortality. It's these books. It's Bhagavatam. It's Bhagavad Gita. That's the nectar. So we have to drink deeply every day. And immortality. And then we will get our immortal life. So I'll stop here. If there's any questions, you can take questions. Yes, Prabhu. God's here. Usually he gives it, when he sleeps. Oh, yeah. That's a so right. So here it's saying that Amrish, uh, the most fortunate personality, achieved uh, inexhaustible. On earth, which is really achieved. So are we to understand that this is actually one is very, very fortunate. One is very, very fortunate. to use unlimited material opulence and uh various I thought we were trying to go the other direction. <laughs> yes. But well, his fortune, the verse states his fortune was not not the unlimited opulence. Uh, he didn't care for the opulence, so that wasn't his fortune. He didn't care for it, he had yeah. it. He achieved the rule of the entire world in yeah. achieved inexhaustible unlimited opulence and prosperity on earth. But what was his fortune actually? Was it the opulence? No, his fortune was that he was a devotee. And he's the symbol of, of one who does all the nine processes of devotional service. The word fortunate is there, but we should not think. We think, yeah, this is fortunate, he's got all the wealth. Uh, everybody in this world will think, yeah, yeah, that's his fortune. But if you're a devotee, you will think, "Well, that's not his fortune, because he, he said he didn't care for it. So that must be something else, like Sanatana Goswami and the touchstone. The touchstone was in the garbage. So I mean, anybody would think, "Well, if you get a touchstone, turn everything to gold. That's that's fortunate." But then uh, he had a greater wealth than that, and so did Mahavirish. The word Mahabhava. You can take it that that was his fortune, but actually. Then the verse says he didn't care for it. So he didn't care for it. That must not be his fortune. It must something else must make him fortune. Something else he's attached to. And that was his devotion, devotional service to Krishna. Yeah. I see sometimes devotees do get a lot of money like that and they go away and they not Not good. Very spiritual. So Krishna doesn't give it to you unless you can really if you're sincere, then he won't give it to you if you can't handle it. Okay, yes, uh, he has a question. I see you just quoted 10, 22, 25. Yeah. What canto is that? Not 10 canto. Yeah, 10, 22, 25. 35. Oh, 35. 10, 22, 35. Yeah, it's a very important verse. Very um, interesting. Krishna was glorifying the trees and how they were so magnanimous souls, the trees, because in the next chapter, he would go to the brahmanas and they wouldn't give charity. So he was glorifying the trees they are giving all the charity, they are giving everything. But those Ramanas, they, they in the next chapter, they wouldn't even give anything to Krishna. Okay. So do have some offerings. The body has so it's always a good decision when they use you Krishna service. Yeah, it's good if you're using Krishna service. But uh, you said also typically go away. Sometimes pray comes and sometimes pray comes. Often yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right. And uh, they go away, how to balance, how we can save ourselves?
1: How can you save
0: yourself from, if you have opulence? Yeah, so you have to be introspective and ask yourself the question, um, first of all, am I progressing in spiritual life? And if not, why not? If there is problem in the family, if there is problem in your mind, if you are disturbed, then you have to ask your question, well, what's causing this disturbance? Is there, then you can ask, am I, so am I using my money properly? Am I using my audience properly? Am I using my body properly? Am I using my words properly? Am I using my intelligence properly? You can analyze and see. And if you and then if if you do have money and you're not spending for Krishna anything, then that could be a problem because that's how you purify your wealth. When you have a job or something. And the way you purify it is by giving a donation to the temple. That's how you purify it, you is purified purify by giving to the devotees. So if you don't uh, do that, then you may have a problem. Yes? I friend, in Bombay, more than years, Is busy abroad? And he has many properties in the Bombay and he is willing I tell you, why don't you finish and come here? Don't come and you're not... Who is not it? you so And why don't you come home? Yes, I understand, I understand. You almost lost 50 years, but he still you cannot come. He still is, you know, trying to make money and get properties. Yeah. And I want people to come and say, you know, what do you think about the property here? What do you think? So many things. Why don't you come and join me? I've been and do some sevaya. But sometimes, cannot be understood result why? Okay, well, that's a comment. I won't comment on that. It sounds like a comment, so why should I comment? Okay, you have any other questions? Oops, one more. Sorry. So, can you believe some quotes? What was said regarding Prindavan? Now we see gradually in Vrindavan, a lot of pilgrims, they come from the year. Uh, but right? most of the pilgrims, they don't know the purpose of visiting Vrindavan. Quotes about Vrindavan. I don't have any quotes handy, but you can read Daddy Shaki's book about Vrindavan. She has lots of, it's full of quotes about Vrindavan. But one thing, when we first came to Vrindavan, I remember he told us don't associate with the Babajis. That's one thing I remember. He told us. So they look weird. He said they look renounced, and they uh, they're vegetarian. Like, but the monkeys are also don't wear clothes and they're vegetarian. But they have so many shi monkeys So he told us. So now, how to live in Vrindavan? You are not see now much is going on there. You see people coming. They're setting up one more Yeah, it's being covered. Vrindavan is being covered by for opening. That's Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga. is Vrindavan will be covered, Mayapur open. Mayapur will be for the Dham for Kali Yuga. Yes, yeah, difficult to live in Vrindavan. That's why you have to be simple, simple hearted. Um, look for, have the service attitude. Come to serve the Don't come for a tourist vacation to Vrindavan. That, okay, my holidays will be in Vrindavan. No, it's not your holiday. Christian this holiday, and you're supposed to serve him. Dad, come on the serve side of people. That's how to live in the world. more. Okay. Dad, I'm going to ask you for that